Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Licata back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Subway Series Game 1 of the 2023 season. i got to be honest, I hate these two-game series here that they do. It's got to be three games. You need some kind of definitive win. And last year we had you know the Mets sweeping the Yankees to start, and then the Yankees paying the Mets back with the sweep. And it's 2-2. Like you need the six games. And I get that it could be 3-3, but at least you have a series where you're going to have a winner and a loser definitively after the three games. Where now it's very easily split. And I'm not saying the Mets are going to win tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen in the game. And I wouldn't even try to begin to predict it because I have no feel for either of these teams at the moment. I wouldn't be shocked if Garrett Cole went out there and shut down the Mets and the Yankees swept. And I wouldn't be ultimately surprised if Verlander shut down a weekend Yankees lineup and the Mets figured out a way to salvage a split of this series. But there's there's got to be the opportunity to take two out of three. That's the whole point of a series, not a two-game series. You can't even call it a series. Um, no, I'm not okay with one four-game series every year, Fleas. I want, a, I want two three-game series. That's what it should be. Two three game series. Now I know that they gotta, you know, the the way that the schedule is, they have to play four games. I guess if they're gonna do it, but but even so, like it's a four game series generally is going to get split. But I guess if they are gonna do the four games, why not just have it straight through? That I uh, did they, prefer. Remember in like 2013, 2014 when they did all four just in a row, two games at one stadium, then two at the next in one week. If it's only going to be four games, I'd rather just get them out in one shot. Yeah, I don't. I just like it the old way. Have the have a traditional three game series at home for whoever, and then three game series on the road. You know, Everything's better than this current two one month to another month. It's horrible. It's why even bother playing a game? Two games is not a series. Three games at Yankee Stadium, three games at City Field. End of story. Figure it out. The genius schedule makers, figure it out, because this is stupid. Two games. We need three games. Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Val? Good morning, Scott, my man. How you doing, Doug? I'm tired, but uh, hanging in there. What's up, Val? I want to talk about the game, obviously, but before I get into that, I got some, yo, I got some one thing funny trying to make you smile. Did you see that the commercial with Iverson for the cash backing thing? Uh, I might have seen it in pieces. I, I don't think I've seen or I've heard it, but I wasn't locked in paying attention to it. Yo, that thing is the funniest thing in the world. I'm so happy for my man. And clearly he got some acting chops because he played it off night. They tried to put a little spoof on the whole thing. We're going back to when he was talking about, we talking about practice. Yeah. And you see him like, wait, he's like, we talking about practice. And Kevin Hart's like, no, we talking about cash back. He's like, oh, wait. Are we talking about cash backing? Oh, okay, yeah, we talking about cash backing, baby. Like it's, <laughs> you got to see it's the funniest thing, bro. For commercial, it's really funny. Sal, let me ask you about the game, though. So this is a funny kind of weird kind of thing, right? Both teams come into the series, and it's almost kind of odd because we're both looking at each other like this is a feel-good series. We need to get some wins to feel good about ourselves, and we're going against somebody who maybe we have a chance to how is it that my team wins and I don't have that feeling right now? Like, I, 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 if you bear with me for one second, I'm going to try to see if I can explain what I mean. It's kind of interesting. It's early in your show still, but I noticed that all the callers I've heard, and I've been listening since the beginning, seem to all be Mets fans. And I haven't heard, even when I heard the uh, Bob from Bayside, the Yankee fans, <clears throat> he was talking more 
about the Mets and this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. You, you're not even getting like a, a Yankee fan calling in and saying, yo, we blew it out. And that's because as much as the lineup did some things that made me feel good, DJ hit one over, you know, um, Rizzo had a hit, Volpe had a nice little double, and the, the lineup did some things. Sebi again, and it's funny, the last time I tried to talk to you, I spoke to you and I had two points. I was able to make one. And the second point I was going to ask you about was Sebi, because I'm still not feeling good about this dude, man. And I'm starting to feel like maybe all his injuries are starting to get up on him. How do you yeah, do we talk, like we talk, every, I talk like about everybody he sees? I talk about Scherzer being done. Severino, and now obviously there are different levels of done, but Severino is heading toward an area of where we're not going to be able to trust him ever again. Like he He's throwing batting yeah. practice, and the idea that we looked at yeah. him as possibly being a number two behind Garrett Cole, that may be outlandish at this point. That, where I, I don't that, know what Severino's no. going to be. That's not even it. That's gone. The funniest thing I heard, cause I, and it's, it's weird, like I need to see the game to understand everything that happened, like I said, because I really don't even, like I'm glad we got the win. A win is a win is a win, but I don't even really know how I feel about it because you saying what you're saying about Scherzer, and, you know, it's nice that, like, we might get some good feelings about it, but what does that really mean? And on my side, watching Sevy, it's like I'm really concerned about what's, or listening to what's going on. It's like I heard, um, I think it was John and Susan, and they were talking about it like, at least Sevy outlasted uh, Scherzer. What do you mean he outlasted him? He just, and the funny thing was, this was the one time Boone actually tried to say, well, you know what, let me give you a chance and see what you do. And that's when he, like, gave up the lead. I, yeah, but I, I didn't I'm have a problem really, with that. I would be – I didn't have a problem with Boone leaving him in I, there. I, 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 but it's like, you know, the one time I felt bad for Aaron because it's like, here it is, I actually – he came out and he tried to talk to him and he said, you know what? Well, it's the thing, he left him in, finally. We finally got to see him now where he's stuck with his pitch starter. And he's, you know, I thought it was the right move, even though I understand why Yankee fans wanted him out of there. It was clear Severino didn't have it all night long. He was struggling. He He threw 104 pitches. Yeah, but I'd rather see him get an opportunity there and get knocked out like he did than Boone with the preemptive strike. So I just want Boone to be consistent with this now moving forward. It shouldn't be, well, he's up to 82 pitches. Let's get him out of there preemptively. No, if a pitcher is pitching well, you want to see him get through it, leave him out there. So uh, I thought he gave gave Severino a chance to make up for his slow start. He he couldn't get that fifth, that uh, third out in that fifth inning couldn't get through but still overall he settled down a little bit the problem is just too early on he's, th- he's throwing batting practice Severino got hit too hard early I, I don't on. know man I don't know I'm really scared with that because and he's still not getting his velocity up there's something really scary about that I mean if you're trying to tell me that every time I got five starters coming and I, the most I can do is hope to get a win from Cole I can't guarantee it you know, the, the the Vasquez looked nice, but he's a rookie. You know, Brito looked nice for a minute, and then he, he fizzled out. You know, Schmidt comes in, he gives me a good game. I can't count on that because other things happen. It's like, yo, Sevy, man, I need you, bro. I, until Rodon comes here, you got to figure it out. Or, and or Cortez. Like, with his mechanics or something, but... Uh, especially well, with Cortez. Thank you for the call, Val. Especially with Cortez being down. They needed Severino to step up in a big way. And you know, before you can you know, get acclimated to this game here, he's given up a home run already. And John Carl just hits a bomb, and boom, Severino gives one right back to Nimmo. He's not only getting hit, he's giving up homers. He's throwing BP. He is a major concern. Because the way that we viewed Luis Severino going into this season is different the way that we view him right now. And I have zero faith. As somebody who's always been a Severino fan and a backer, I have zero faith in him moving forward. I don't think we could look at him anywhere close to a number two behind Garrett Cole. And I'm not even sure you could look at him as a number three or four. They might have to eventually figure out a way to you know, maybe move him into the bullpen, although they don't need the arms in the bullpen. But Severino's becoming a problem. He's got to be better. I like his makeup, his mentality as well. But the execution is just not there. Rob is calling from Staten Island. What's up, Rob? Hey, Scott. What's going on, Sal? How are you, Rob? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, listen, I'm at, I'm at a point with the Mets right now that the way things are going, I, I think they should start thinking about trading maybe Marte if anybody would really want him. I know he's hitting a little bit, but 
I think it's time for him to start going and call me insane, call me crazy. But if these older pitchers, Scherzer and Berlander, obviously I'm talking about, going the way they're going, let's say there's a scenario that they start pitching well all of a sudden, but the team's not doing well. Is there anybody that can take at least one of them and get something for them? No. No, no. Well, let me ask you, just do common sense here, Rob. If you were another team outside of the Mets, would you take either of those two guys? Oh, listen, I was all for those two guys at the beginning. No question about it. No, no, but I'm saying right now. Right right now, right if now. you're another team, if, if you're another team at the trade deadline and you need pitching, whoever it may be, would you trade for Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer right now at this point? Probably not. The only team I can think that would take any of them is the Dodgers. Like with the, the, the payroll that's anywhere near the Mets. Yeah, yeah like, and I, I don't angels. think that they're going to do that. Why would anybody take on either of those two guys where they've both been inconsistent at best? And you're talking about guys who are making $43 million bucks a year and guys who are going to be here next year in all likelihood as well, unless Max Scherzer does the right thing and gives back or, or declines that option and gives back Steve Cohen that money and either retires or tries to get another contract somewhere else because he knows he's not uh, deserving of that contract, but he's not going to do that. As good as a guy and a stand-up guy as Max is, he'd be a fool to do that. Verlander's not going anywhere. The Mets are stuck with these two guys. Yeah, they're untradeable. Yeah, they're, they're untradeable. You don't get those two guys and ever think that you're going to have to make a trade. They are both, on, even if you decided to pay half of their salary, I'd still be shocked if somebody else took them on. Nobody wants them. Yeah. Now, you made a good point about that. I just thought maybe. Well, I mean, think about it. Would, it, it, right. it doesn't matter. Well, we'll think. But, but who? And thank you for the call, Rob. If you're the Yankees. And you can trade right now with the Mets for Justin Verlander. The Mets say we'll pay half his salary. You taking him? And nobody's taking him. Even if the Mets paid half the salaries, they still got Scherzer's got the option, player option for next year. Verlander's under contract for next year. They made a big mistake. It was the right. Both were the right moves. Cannot question the Mets signing Max Scherzer a couple years ago. Cannot question them replacing Jacob deGrom with Justin Verlander. It didn't work out. It happens. Unfortunately, happens too often to the Mets. It unfortunately happened with both guys as opposed to just one even. Frank is calling from Baldwin. What's yeah. up, Frank? Yeah, how about Wheeler from the Phillies? It's sickening. You know, now yeah. he's signing well, Wheeler. Steve but, Cohen, anyway. but, but Steve Cohen wasn't here. And you're right. That would have been the that. one guy. Nah, was, uh, if, this is what I mean with this organization. It's one thing right. after another. They're right. still paying for mistakes from the prior regimes. Because you're right. Yep. Wheeler is a guy who should have been the one, the one, to outlast DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Harvey. And yet he's the one that they let, they let walk. That's amazing. Listen, first of all, thank you, because you're my therapy tonight. I'm so nauseous, sick from this team. It's just sickening. I can't understand the Guillaume. I can't understand this guy, Lindor, can't hit the ball. Come on, choke up on the bat and lay the ball down the line. What's the problem? But here's the big problem, in my opinion, as a Mets fan for 53 years. Their farm system hasn't always sucked. Look at the Braves. Look at Atlanta. I mean, these teams got good farm systems. The Mets got the Mets lucky to get one good player every three years. They need to build this farm system from scratch. They need to get pitchers. Well, they're doing they're, that. They're 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 doing that, Frank. They're trying to build. It takes a while. You're not going to see the development of the farm system in one or two years. That is something that is going to take a long time, and that's going to be ongoing. Steve Cohen's trying to build this thing the right way while trying to build a uh, a competitive team, a highly competitive team at the major league level. Those are the goals. You're just not going to see the farm system development as of yet. It's too soon. So tell me why Vantos is not playing. You're killing his trade value, first of all. If you ever wanted to trade from now, it's too late. I mean, the season's pretty much, even if you made the playoffs, do you really want to, you know, we're not going anywhere. Um, so what are you doing with Vientos? I don't understand why he's sitting on the bench. Why, in God's name, would you have Guillermo up there? There's no excuse in the world. None. I'm a baseball well, fan. Well, there is. I, I coach I, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather have Guillermo. Me personally. Yeah, I'm with come Buck on. Don't on you want to go down with your future? Or you want to go down with a guy who's a utility player? 
Well, no, I want to. I want the guy up there that give me the best opportunity to get on base or get a hit. Right, but I, I rather I rather have the batty strikeout or or my catcher strikeout because I know he's going to be here for the next five years. You remember Manning with the Giants? I bet the Giants well. We stuck it out, and look how good they became. Well, you talk, you, but you know, wait, you're talking about the one. You're talking about the one at bat, right? Just not just one. How about every day in the lineup? You know. Well, that's a different story. I thought you were talking about last night as far as the one at bat with Guillaume versus uh, Vientos. Yeah, well, that, two two nights in a row, actually, yeah. Yeah, you, you're right. You can't even talk about you, even Escobar yeah. can hit a home run. Why would you have Guillaume up there? Well, no, Guillaume, play, Guillaume played the game yesterday. I'm, you, you're talking yeah. about. I thought you were talking about last night where you had an opportunity to pinch hit for Guillaume right. with then, Vogel right. back or with Vientos or Escobar. Right. Well, no, Escobar, not... Escobar was pinch. Escobar was used as a pinch runner. Okay. They used... So why would you? Vientos, why would you not pick Vientos would have been me. the one. But Vientos yeah. would have been the one. But you want Vientos against Michael King. It's not a good matchup. And Buck said the same thing. Yeah, but thing. you want a guy Me... who hits the ball hard. Vientos hits the ball harder than any met on the. He's got the hardest, you know, um, NPH on, on ball on bat on the whole team. Yeah, he, Why is this kid struck... not in the lineup? Because because Buck doesn't think he's any good. And I got news for well, you. I don't Buck, think the best think he's Buck's any good either. Good. He's not, shouldn't be there. Then Buck is not doing his job. Well, what makes you think um, Mark Vientos is good? Well, you know, how are we going to know? So you're going to lose his trade value. You're going to, you're going to, you're, then you should have left him at AAA and try to get some prospects for him or, or a player or something. If you're going to yeah, bring well, him I up, mean, play him. If not, look, leave him that's out. a that's a different story. You know, as far as the Mets, see, I think the Mets have mishandled that, Frank. And thank you for the call. I don't personally like Vientos, but I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. Mark Vientos had the one of the biggest hits of the season. His two-run homer against Tampa on the night that he was called up was a season-changing hit in a season-changing game, at least in the moment. Now, the Mets couldn't make it stick long-term. They did that next day. They did that next series. But once they hit the road, they started to lose again. And it's obvious to me that Buck does not like Vientos for whatever reason. If he's going to be here, they should play him. We've said that from day one. If he's going to be up here, play him every day. And... Buck now is basically spitting at the idea of playing him or Vogelback. Too little, too late for me with the idea of sitting Vogelback. That should have been happening a month ago, and maybe he would have had some different results. But nonetheless, there's no point of having Vogelback or Vientos on the team. The Mets have two guys on the roster spot, or on the roster that are taking those spots that don't do anything. Neither of them are very good, but at least with Vientos, you want to see him get an opportunity because we don't know for certain what he could be. But we're not going to see that. So they might as well send him down and get somebody up here that Buck could use. Sal is calling from New Jersey. What's up? Is North Haladon, uh, Hel New Jersey? What's yep. up, Sal? Sal, great to talk to you again. Um, obviously, with, with the way our pitching is going, um, I have more confidence in Verlander turning it around rather than Scherzer or anybody else on this pitching staff because you can't rely on anybody. And unless you give Senga six days off, you know, you're not getting anything out of him. So at this point, even if we were to get to the playoffs, well, you know, what are we doing? I, at this Losing. point, why not just bring up all these kids, let them in the lineup six out of seven games a week, and either way they're going to have to get the experience against the pitching. So let's just put them in there and just let them go. I mean, what's the Well, who are you talking about? What do you, what do you bring words, up all like, the kids? Bringing up, I know he's hurt right now. Bringing up Mauricio, um, you know, uh, what's his name, Mauricio and Alvarez, yeah. and let them all just let them all. Well, just Alvarez play. is Alvarez is here. Alvarez yeah. is here and he's playing. Beatty is here and he's Beatty. playing. Yeah, yeah. Bring Mauricio Mauricio, Mauricio is hurt. Playing. Listen, I mean, what, what's the worst going to happen? We're already losing every game, so what's the difference? So let yeah. these kids play and get the experience and. And then we, we can go from there. But are you talking about specifically Vientos? Because he's the only one who's not playing that's that's here. And Mauricio is hurt. And they don't think he's ready to be here yet. So maybe he'll come up here when he's ready. But right now he's hurt. Right. Because, I mean, these guys are going to need to help us coming, you know, next year and the year after and all the years after that. So you might as well, when he when he's healthy again, Mauricio, bring him up. Let Vientos and let them struggle. I mean, Alvarez struggled at the end of last year. He struggled at the beginning of this year, and he finally figured it out. You know, Beatty had his moments, and, and you know, I mean, well, what are we? What are we losing here? Giorme, uh, Canna, 
I mean, it's not like these guys are doing anything that are, are really helping us all the time anyway. Cam has been great for the last week, but... Well, if I mean, you're ready to if you're ready to pack it in and say that you want to get a good look at Vientos at the major league level, which I still don't understand why they didn't just let him DH for at least a week or whatever when he first came up here. But if you're at that point, Sal, and thank you for the call, I, I'm not going to argue that. I personally don't think that that's necessary or the right philosophy, but I, I don't think they've handled Vientos the right way. If he once they called him up, he needed to be in the lineup regularly. And that has not happened at all. He hasn't been given an opportunity. Maybe they don't think he could hit. Maybe they just don't like him. Whatever it is, they're not getting anything from Vientos. So why not just send him down? And with Mauricio, you're going to be waiting a while because he's hurt and because they say he's not ready. Now, the issue with the Mets is, even if I say, well, they say he's not ready, the Mets have proven that at times, the majority of the time, they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, Alvarez, he's not ready. He's not going to be a good defensive player. He's not ready yet. Buck, in his own words, I hope not when asked about seeing Alvarez prior to September. Imagine that. So they've clearly got some issues as far as evaluating their own. So I don't know what to believe about Mauricio. They could say he's not ready. Is he? He might be. But I'm not ready to give up on the year as far as making the playoffs go if I'm the Mets. You know, us as fans, we could sit here and say, ah, it's over, you're done, you're toast. And I do believe that. But they need to make a run at the wild card at the postseason, which they still, it's it's a still an attainable goal. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. A Stanley Cup champion has been crowned once again. It is not the New York Rangers. Another cup winner. And you're talking about, obviously, congrats to uh, Vegas winning a cup. The long-suffering fans of the Vegas Golden Knights get a Stanley Cup. Finally, the taste of victory for them. What's it been, six years? Two finals appearances, and now they win a Stanley Cup. This coming, of course, the day before, which was last night, which was June 13th, the day before the famous anniversary that today is, June 14th, 29 years ago. I can't even believe it's 29 years ago. Next year is going to be the 30th anniversary of the 1994 Stanley Cup victory, June 14th, 1994, the last time, the only time in my life, that I've seen a, well, I mean, I guess 86, but I was, you know, six or seven years old, whatever it was uh, for the Mets. But the only time in my life as a semi-adult that I could remember going through a season rooting for a team and watching them win the whole damn thing was 1994, June 14th, 94, 29 years ago today. The Rangers were Stanley Cup champions. And I, I, I cannot believe that it's going to be 30 years since the Rangers have won a cup. And look, they hire, you know, Peter Laviolette officially yesterday. Didn't love the move, but I guess I warmed up to it uh, after initially just, it's kind of a boring, you know, you hire another retread. What's he going to be any different than Gallant? I like a guy who's going to be hard on the players and, and get the most out of these guys, but you've seen Laviolette fail plenty of times in his endless stops. I know he won a cup. I know he's been in the finals with different teams. You hope that that could be the case with the Rangers. Uh, I'm, I'm open to it. I don't know if I love the move, but last time I didn't love moves that Chris Drury made, they had great success, so we'll see. This year, obviously, a disappointment, but maybe Laviolette and the Rangers can do something special in what will be the 30th year or the 30th anniversary next year for that Rangers Stanley Cup victory. 877-337-6666. We're talking Subway Series with Joe in the Bronx. What's up, Joe? Hey, Sal, love your show as always, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you. Te- uh, uh, appreciate the kind words, and thanks for calling. Thanks, Sal. You know, you know what? Everybody talking with the Mets. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, as a devoted Mets fan, I don't count them out right now. And I'm, I'm thinking of uh, during a trade deadline and whatever, and and this guy Quintana coming back. I don't know. if It's not like he's Jacob Degrom, but 
I think I think things are going to fall into place. Lindor is a proven asset. I mean, as a as a Met, I mean, I know last year was great. Year before wasn't. But uh, Sal, what do you think? Do you think they still have a chance? Because I do. A chance at what? Um, like you were saying before, a, a chance at either the wild card or something else. If they go on a run, well, what I what else is do, there? What else is there other than the wild card? Absolutely. No, Sal, I agree with you 100%. But right, because the division's thing. over. So we all agree that the division is over this year. I think we could come together on that one, where it's not just me like it was last year on an island by myself. This year we all agree the division is over, the Braves are winning the division. So the question becomes, can the Mets make a wild card spot? The answer to me is, yes, I think that they can. You know, there's still only four games back. The problem is you got 18 teams in front of them. Uh, I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit. You have one, two, three, four, five teams in front of them for one spot. So that's a lot of teams to leapfrog there. However, I have to believe at some point, with Quintana coming back, he might provide some stability in that starting rotation. I have to believe at some point Lindor will start to hit. They'll get Alonzo back, and maybe the offense can do their part. The biggest issue, Joe, is that I don't trust Scherzer at all to be any good. I, I agree. I agree, Sal. And you know what? I mean, it was a, it was a risky signing at, at his age. But, uh, Sal, do you think if they could catch lightning in a bottle during a trade deadline, get a good starting pitcher, Get somebody sure up the bullpen and a bat. I mean, Cohen's looking to spend, so I mean, it's, he he wants to do what he wants to do. Which if I I, if you could if you could make two moves, if I give you the power and say, hey, you're Billy Epler, but you could only make two moves at this trade deadline. What areas would you try to upgrade? Uh first of all, the way things are going, I, I would say first uh, another good starting pitcher because McGill right. is not doing it. Uh, I would say that, and I would say. A really big bat. I mean, but then I, I worry about the bullpen. So I see. Mean, I would go. I would go starter, which is incredible that they actually need a freaking starter this year. You know, that's something I said in the beginning of the year. Where if they needed, a, they, there's no way they should need a starter. That's disastrous. Peterson failed. Tyler McGill has failed. Carrasco is no good. Scherzer, Verlander haven't been any good. Kodai Senga inconsistent. Quintana, we're hoping he comes back. Maybe he could be the best arm that the Mets will have in that rotation. It is. It's sad what has gone but, on with uh, that rotation. So, uh, what kind of bat would you want? I mean, besides, I, I, I don't. Know the bullpen has to be showed up, but. You don't. You don't yeah, I don't. That. I don't want a bat right now because I think the okay. other. It's not that I don't think they need that improvement because I do, Joe. But it's not on the top priorities on my list. And the reason is, and thank you for the call, Joe. And I do appreciate the kind words. The reason is, is because they have the guys here that or there. They have the guys in their lineup that just have to do their job. And if you look at it, where would you put that bat? Nimmo is their center fielder. Marte is their right fielder. I mean, are you looking for a left fielder? That could potentially be Ronnie Mauricio. Or you have Jeff McNeil in left field, and then you have Ronnie Mauricio at second base. Let's just say that in a few weeks or a month, instead of trading for a bat, the Mets say we're ready to bring up Mauricio and they bring him up and play him wherever he's more comfortable at second base or left field. So let's just say Mauricio's a part of the equation. You have Nimmo in center. You have Marte in right. You have either McNeil or Mauricio in left. You have either McNeil or Mauricio at second. Alonzo at first. Lindor at short. Beatty at third. Alvarez catching. That's it. That's your lineup. And then you either have... Fam, Canna, Narvaez, I guess, with that, you know, you could have Narvaez catch and have Alvarez DH. You've got then multiple options. If I would want one thing, it would be a lefty bat to re- that, that could either play left field or maybe back up first base. It would be a lefty bat. That could either DH or play a little first and left. That would be the bat that they need. Somebody that could replace Vogelback, but actually do something. So, and that's a minor bat. You're not using a lot of resources to go grab a minor bat. Like even Tyler Naquin last year, that's kind of the fit 
Now, you'd like to do better than that if you can, but that's kind of what I'm talking about in this spot. They desperately need another reliever. They haven't been able to recover from the Diaz blow. David Robertson has been great, but he was supposed to be the eighth inning guy. I don't trust um, Ottavino. Drew Smith sucks. I don't know how he got caught cheating. Cheating with what? Where are the results? How's he cheating exactly? What's he doing with the sticky stuff? Whatever sticky stuff he's using, it ain't working. But Drew Smith has been terrible, and now the Mets are going to be short a guy for his 10-game suspension as he got ousted for having too much sticky stuff on his hands, much to his shock and everybody else's as well. But anyway, they need a bullpen arm. I like Brooks, really, but they need a bullpen arm that can push everybody down. Even if it's not a closer that, you know, Robertson's, let's say, their best closer still, they got to go out there and get a dominant arm. Although, you know, Diaz's brother would be interesting. I don't know if you're going to have enough, you know, to give up what it would take to get him. But I think the Mets clearly need a starter and a reliever. Two of those, if they get a solid starter and a good reliever, I think they should have enough to be able to get into that last wild card spot. Mel is calling from Union Beach. What's up, Mel? Hey, Sal. How are you? Hi, Mel. How are you? Good. How are you doing? So yeah, I'm question. all right. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan. So I just have a question for you about the Mets. And I'm not sure. trying to... I don't want to be called a moron by the end of this. But I'm going to try. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. You keep, <laughs> you keep claiming the other regime. Like, like you keep saying they were left bare. But when you think about it, the other regime is the reason these are having so much success, really, right? Because Alonzo, that's all, like, the other regime. Really, this regime, this GM must be unable to get starting pitching. That's all you need, really. You have seven position players that they left you. You've got an MVP candidate in Alonzo. It's Neil's and hitting champ. You got Nemo in center. You got Alvarez an all-star for sure, future all-star mm-hmm. on the plate. Baby's a hell of a third baseman. So what did they really leave here that you needed? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think... No, no, yeah, yes, from that perspective, I wasn't saying... Right, but I wasn't saying that the prior regime didn't leave any players. What I was saying that these are mistakes that the Mets have made as an organization for years that have led to other mistakes. You know, because the Mets couldn't draft and develop pitchers or keep Zach Wheeler was the reference that was the specific example we used before, right? Any functioning organization, especially in New York, would never let a guy like Zach Wheeler go. But because the Mets didn't have the money to keep him, they went out and traded for Marcus Stroman and wanted Stroman to then replace Zach Wheeler. They let Zach Wheeler go. Where in reality, if Steve Cohen were owning the team at the time, they would have just signed Zach Wheeler. And he would have still been here and been one of the best pitchers in baseball with the Mets. That's what I was talking about. It's not that the prior regime... I get that. Yeah. I get that. But, I mean, you're talking about one guy, though. Like, I'm not saying... The, the past regime was because they weren't. They well, it's not just it's not I mean, just one guy. It's not just yeah. endless moves. Okay. Trading for Robinson Cano right. in the fashion that they did. You know that was a terrible okay, mistake. But you got Diaz in that. You got Diaz. Right, but they sh- but they should have gotten money. But they should have gotten Diaz anyway. They should have gotten. No, it does matter because they gave up Jared Kelnick in that deal, who's turning into a stud player. And by the way, good. You got the best closer in the. You got the best closer in the game. I understand that, but oh, that should have been that hurt. should have been you know what, what you get. the The way you make that trade, Mel, is if you you tell them and thank you for the call. I'm not disagreeing that there there isn't talent here. the The way you make that trade is that you say, "I'll take on Cano and his contract. You give me Edwin Diaz. Done." And then you have Jared Kelnick as well. Whether you want to have him in the outfield, by the way, lefty bat, outfield, power bat, he'd look pretty good out there, wouldn't he? Or you trade him for a top starter. Or as part of a package for a top starter, then you don't need to go out there and spend on both Verlander and Scherzer. Now, I'm not saying that the prior regime did not leave the Mets any talent. Of course that they did. 
It's the same way that in 2015, Sandy Alderson was the general manager, but a lot of those players were from Omar Minaya's regime. That happens all the time. That's like, let's say that Billy Epler gets fired at the end of next year, but then two years after that, the draft picks that Epler made are paying dividends. It takes years to see some of these players come up through the system. So I'm not saying that. I'm talking about because of the way that they were operating with their finances, it put them in spots that now make them chase in free agency. They were never drafting and developing to the level of the Dodgers, the Yankees, the higher-end teams. Never had sustained sustained success. And they never spent big, or didn't since 2009, they didn't spend big in free agency. So there's a lot that Steve Cohen had to kind of help dig this franchise out of. And it's not going to be able to be done in three years, or four years, or even five years. He's trying. They did a good job last year winning 101 games. But this year you saw maybe more true to what this team is. So I'm not just blaming the prior regime, but there were mistakes made. And and the reason why that was even a topic this morning is because the caller brought up Zach Wheeler. And yeah, that you know, if Steve Cohen were here, Zach Wheeler would be a Met. End of story. And think about the domino effect, even if you were here before that, with free agents. Maybe Mookie Betts is a Met. Maybe they go trade for Mookie Betts instead of the Dodgers. Maybe Manny Machado is a Met. Maybe Bryce Harper is a Met. There were a lot of opportunities that the prior regime missed. And of course now, where the Mets have the most money in baseball, it seems like there aren't those players becoming available anymore. Of course that's the case. We'll see what happens with Shohei Otani. Of course, now that the Mets are looking to be aggressive at trade deadlines, whether it's taking on salary or whatever, it doesn't seem like that's the case now. With every team you know, wanting to go for it because you can make a wild card spot. Point is, there's a long way to go for the Mets to be on that level, like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, like the sustained success that those teams have had. There's a ways to go for this Mets team. But you have to remember that Steve Cohen didn't just take over a clean slate. He's trying to clean up a big mess. Yeah, sure, some players are left there. But he's still trying to clean up a big mess. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Wednesday morning, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Recapping Subway Series Game 1, which goes to the Yankees, of course. We'll get back to your calls in a second here. 
Got some read for you. Bring that big, bad energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use promo code JERSEYFAN to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to 250 bucks with promo code JERSEYFAN. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook New Jersey app in the App Store. Enter the promo code JERSEYFAN and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, we were talking about the Yankees' perspective a little bit earlier, and it was nice to see DJ LeMayhew getting going. He had the big blow in the game. To me, that was the biggest home run because, you know, Stanton had the uh, initial shot, but Nimmo answered right back. The Mets ended up scoring two in the first. Mets come back with a couple more in the second, add one on in the third, the 5-1 lead. And then LeMayu hits that big two-run homer and brings it to within 5-3. It just changes the entire feel of the game. Obviously, Scherzer then could not get out of the inning where he only went three and a third and totally imploded in that fourth inning. But the LeMayu two-run shot, LeMayu, that to me changed the game. So it's nice to see LeMayu get going for the Yankees, and you hope that maybe this is something that can you know, kind of get him to perform more consistently and get that average way up. I mean, he's hitting 236. If DJ LeMayu is hitting 236, he's, he's about 100 points shy of where he should be. I mean, at the very least, he's got to hit 300, no? For him to be impactful. But maybe even more important was the performance of the shortstop, Anthony Volpe. And while it says he had two hits, we all know he only had one. He put the ball in play, but Brandon Nimmo missed it. It's an error on Nimmo. I don't care what the official scorer said. It should be one double for Volpe as opposed to the two. But Volpe just looked good. He had a uh, hit a ball really hard. Uh, great, uh, the, the ball jumps off his bat. Uh, that was caught in left field by McNeil. Thought maybe off the bat it was a goner. Um, anyway, Volpe looked good. And this coming on a day where he kind of got a vote of confidence from his manager and the owner in saying that the pl- there's no plan to send him down. I think it was Steinbrenner who said there's no plan to send him down. And Boone said he's not going anywhere. So the Yankees giving their young shortstop a vote of confidence, and I understand it. And I'm not saying I would send him down necessarily, but I would move him off of shortstop for two reasons. One, because he's struggling, both offensively and defensively. Two, because they have Peraza, who has been on a tear at AAA, and who was supposed to be the starting shortstop to begin the year anyway. So until Volpe stole it from him in the spring. And I don't... You shouldn't be able to win and lose jobs just based off of spring training. I get sometimes that's how it works. This was unique in that it was supposed to be one guy, the favorite, Peraza, and he had a, a terrible spring. And the you know the underdog in that scenario just had a as dominant a spring as you could possibly have, which led to him getting that job. But... Ultimately, I do think the Yankees are going to be better off long-term with Peraza at short and Volpe at second. I would look to make that be the move this year as opposed to sending Volpe down. You hope he could pick it up offensively and continue to hit here. You don't have to worry about it as much. But still, Peraza is going to need a position. I believe he's the better shortstop. Why not just move Volpe to second, Peraza at short, and I would look to move on from Gleyber Torres. To me, Gleyber Torres has been a zero. He's got potential. He'll never reach that full potential. He's You're talking about 250, 260 hitter. Yeah, he's going to hit 20-plus home runs. Fine. He's gonna. He's a losing player that's going to cost you more games than he's going to win. He's not a clutch guy. He's not a good guy, a, a good offensive player in the postseason. He's had plenty of opportunity at that, and he's failed. The laziness that you've seen. I know Boone could say he plays the game with the ease, but he's been lazy. I would look to, and I don't know what the trade value is at this point, I would look to trade Torres, move Volpe to second, and Peraza at short, and I think the Yankees would get better with that move. 877-337-6666. James is calling from Atlanta. What's up, James? Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, James. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm listening to your show again. You know, we talked 
couple of weeks ago. But I'm, I mean, again, I, I really do enjoy your show. It's, it's fun. I, I go on the, on the app or whatever and, and listen, but I'm, I'm hearing your callers. I'm hearing you about the Mets. And I wanted, I told you the, the screener or asked the screener, um, what your thoughts would be. I mean, do you believe, I know the Mets payroll, this, that, the other. Is it a, if the Mets don't make the wild card or, or whatever, do you, in your opinion, think it's time for like to unload, rebuild, re, like load up? I, I think of the Braves. I'm a fan of the Braves, obviously. And Alex Gonzalez came in. They dumped not everybody. I mean, Freddie Freeman stayed then in hopes of the plan that was ahead, and they built the farm system like crazy. Well, the Mets and, are building the farm system. They're in the process of building the farm system. The other thing you have to remember is that the Mets are not the Braves in that, obviously, the Braves have had great success and the Mets have not, but also the Mets have a lot more money than the Braves do. So yeah. they don't need, like, what are they dumping exactly? They're not just going to, you're not that, just going to pay Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander to go away. You're not going to cut. Francisco Lindor like there's nothing they could do with some of these guys and the lesser guys Canna Escobar Marte you know the uh, two of those three are gone anyway the other one's only got a one-year deal uh left after this year so you know Beatty's young Alvarez is young they just signed McNeil Alonzo's not going anywhere they just signed Nemo like so what are you talking about specific guys what, what area exactly are you well talking I mean about? that's what I'm saying it's like you know Verlander that are, you know I've heard you guys talk about that earlier you know I mean obviously he's older and you know his, he's at his peak. I'm assuming um, when those salaries are off the books. I mean, do the Mets with all the money you guys have? I mean, you can clearly go get whoever, but that clearly mm. hasn't always worked. I'm talking. Do the Mets go? Let's really just focus on the scouts getting the best. You know, minor league players that you guys. Can well, find. that's that's the beauty, James, of what the Mets are doing currently. You're not seeing that because it's not happening in front of your face at the major league level. But they are restructuring, rebuilding the entire organization from the ground up. I mean, they're putting a lot of money into player development, and they have extra coaches down there, all levels of the organization system, all the minor league levels, they're all being upgraded, whether it's facilities, whether it's more coaches. Billy Epler told me flat out, he's hands-on, flying down there. He wants to be you know, on site at some of these places, not just be at the big league clubs or at the big league games watching uh, the big league club. He's going to be down there talking to the young players and making sure that they're being developed the proper way. So those are all things that the Mets are doing currently in addition to spending more than anybody else at the major league level to kind of make up for their deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And by no, the way, did sense. you hear me on? I went on Atlanta radio yesterday. Did you hear that? I did not. You know, uh, I think you were off. I, I think you were off Friday night. Um, you had, I forget his name, uh, did the show Friday night. But I know that Chuck, <laughs> Matt and Chuck, they, we, we, they, they literally took clips from my call into your show and played it on, you know, their show. And, you know, they were just, they were being funny. They're like, you know, the whole style and, you know, da, 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 da thing is all just to be funny and fun and, you know, fill in. Oh, well, may, oh maybe they got, maybe they got scared because they said I was going to come down there and take over <laughs> Atlanta sports talk radio. I mean, that might've been it. Dude, I'm telling you, man, I told you a week or so ago, I didn't say uh, you must understood me in that first call I ever made to you that they put you on the map. No, you're clearly on the map. I'm saying well, I know. The, I the, know I know what I know what you said and I don't think you meant any harm by it. I just wanted no. to make sure everybody listening got it clear that uh, yeah. they did not Yeah, it wasn't we necessarily all, just explaining it to you. We all know who Sal is down here. I that's mean, right. And and that's why I went on the I was asked to go on uh, our sister station in Atlanta, Odyssey's, um, I think it's 92.9, the game with yes. Dukes and Bell. I've been yes. on with those guys yes. before. So yes. I went on with Dukes and Bell yesterday talking some Mets and uh, a little bit of, of uh, Jets as well. Well, listen, I, Dukes and Bell's their competition. Matt Turnoff said, do give what he says you have his number. I, I, I do. I, honestly, honestly, Sal, it's all entertainment, as you well know. It's content right. for shows, it's fun. 
I mean, you, I've become a listener of your show, um, at night all because of this whole little thing. So right. it's all, it's all good, man. I no, I appreciate that. No, it will. James, I look, we're in the entertainment business and, uh, yes, and I like to entertain it. Thank you for the call. It works for me. I mean, I don't care where the listeners come from. Just listen. So I appreciate it. Matter of fact, I like it when I hear from you in Atlanta, becoming a regular caller. But I just wanted to clarify when you were saying, oh, they put you on the map. Uh, they talk about me all the time, and they use my clips on their show all the time. It would be nice if they came up with some content for a change instead of using me for two years. Or they should just send me, you're right, I do have his number. Maybe I should text him and ask him for my royalties. Hey, send me some of that money. What I don't know what they're making. Oh, that you know, we got to think about the market down there. Remember, these guys—you say it's all—it's all good and and fun. These guys were the ones taking shots at me for being "quote unquote" the overnight guy. Ooh, just the overnight guy. Imagine that: two guys in Atlanta dare taking shots at somebody who's on the air in New York, the number one market. Oh, just the overnight guy. That's where it started to get a little, a little personal. I went, they, and remember how the whole thing started. I said the NL East is over, did my prediction on my TV show. They got wind of that, of course, as it started to blow up once the Braves started to go on a hot streak. They reached out to me and asked me to go on their show as a guest. Now, I easily could have said, I'm not going on Atlanta Sports Talk Radio right now. Braves are winning. They're catching the Mets. I'm not going to go on there and look like a fool. But me being the kind gentleman that I am and entertainer that I am, I said, sure. You guys want me to come on? I know what's coming. I'll go on. And then I go on, and they were too dumb to even comprehend what I was trying to say. They didn't get it. Now, maybe a year later, they do. But that's how the whole thing started. So let's not make it like, oh, they're just joking around and this and that. I remember what happened. They asked me to go on. And they started then taking shots at me. I think what happened, James, is they heard your call. They played the clips back. And they heard me again say, be careful. Because if you keep it up, I'll change course. I'll come down to Atlanta and take over that town. And Chernoff's worried because he knows I could do it. Eight seven seven three. Now he's lucky I don't want to do it. I have no interest in doing that. But out of spite, I might. Don't push me. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.